just uh, clapped outside of my outside of my window. So it's not an auspicious start to the podcast. How's everybody doing this morning? Well, good. Thanks for the heads up because that means it's three hours away from me here in Eastern North Carolina. So that's good. And I heard it at the same time as you, Sean. Because <laughs> you're not that far away. Uh, have you guys been watching any of the world championships for mountain biking or yesterday we were watching BMX. YouTube is a wonderful thing. We usually catch the after, uh, the event type of clips from all of it. I last year when they, you know, they don't show it on the regular stuff. So I had to buy a membership to flow ride, I guess is what it's called. And it it's expensive and the coverage is not great and the commentators are horrible. And the worst thing this year, I noticed I was watching the downhill world championships and it's like very quiet, like no, no sound at all, except for this like clunking noise. Every time the mountain bike like was in the air and came down and I, and I was listening to, it, I was like, that doesn't sound real. And why would that be the only sound that you heard? And the more I listened to it, the more I was like, it's the same sound over and over again. And I thought I was, I thought I was crazy. And then I watched Ben Cathro and he was talking about how they used a canned noise for the mountain bike for some ex- in an unexplicable reason. And he was talking about how it didn't matter if they cased the jump, if they landed it smooth, like it was just the same noise over and over and over again. Just a weird, I don't know. I'm I'm not happy with how they give the rights to the biggest race in the, in the calendar to somebody who doesn't really do it on a regular basis. So, oh, well. <laughs> so no can noises for our races for the 2024 season. Is that no. what we're saying? Just real, okay. just real, just real, just real noise. Real. Yeah, there it's like hashtag all real. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like a fully artist, like somebody with two coconuts. Like <laughs> that's the, the noise of the rear derailleur or whatever. I don't know, but it was just bizarre. I think uh, it should become part of your role, Sean, to uh, master your beatboxing skills. You <laughs> do a voiceover for all of our league videos. Gotcha, gotcha. Well. And it's one of those things like you don't know how to like you don't know how to explain to somebody how to be like a good race commentator, but you certainly know when you're listening to a bad race commentator. (laughs) We were watching it yesterday for the team relay, and the guy was just literally describing exactly what we were seeing. It's like I I know that like he couldn't even name the riders. He was like, and the Swiss rider, and it's like yes, very obvious from the white cross on their jersey like yes have that information already would be nice to have a name (laughs) so i think definitely some room for improvement which you know we all have and i think that's sort of uh i guess kind of what we want to talk about today is things that we are working on improving as as you like to point out brian the summers are not our time off so what what have what have we been up to around the league so, so the official 2024 season has not started, right? But it kind of has when you're hanging out with all the coach supporters and a ton of coaches on a weekend in Nashville like we did last weekend. Yeah, we're, we're kind of getting started. Uh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, certainly a lot of room for improvement. Uh, my, my end, thanks, Sean, for the great instruction. I'm, I'm a coach supporter for the league and just kind of refreshing current coach supporters and bringing on new ones. And it's always good just to uh, pull out the, the manual again. Uh, and yeah, refreshed on the the basic skills. So, so I think it was a good session. I think we'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah, and you know, you guys reminded me of of things that I've said in the past that I didn't say again. And it's yeah, it's just good for everybody. You know, knock the cobwebs off and kind of make sure everything's good. But like you said, you know, first training weekend was this past weekend in Asheville. Um, we we had four new coach supporters get trained three of them female so our female cohort of coach supporters is you know really i think pacing along with the level of female support uh for coaching that we have in the league and for participation like we are 
a high percentage. I think we're running about 40% female coach supporters right now, which is great. So it helps, it helps for everyone when every aspect of the league sort of matches what your goals are so that you're sort of walking the the talk that you're you're saying so really glad to have more coach supporters on board and i was impressed with everybody and learn something new like that's the my favorite part of training people is whenever i get to learn something from them and one of our coach supporters introduced something that you'll be seeing i i saw it the next day when we actually led the otbs 101s like everybody incorporated it so that's the great thing about having where we come together kind of share ideas and then it, you see it spread throughout our coach support and then throughout the league which is what we want so coming up uh we do have some more trainings uh this weekend uh we have our next Asheville location uh that one is uh no longer accepting registrants uh because the wfa cpr portion is the online portion is very extensive so there can't be a night before registration like that's a legit like sit down and spend some hours getting that done um no no later than the week before your class like you can't wait till the night before you will you will not make it so um we cut off the registrations the tuesday before the course because of that uh coming up after that we do have some spaces left in the first raleigh weekend which is august 26th and 27th the second raleigh location uh, weekend is sold out and the fayetteville uh sessions that are 30 september and 1 october there are uh seats available still in that one so if you are wanting to find the wfa cpr refresh or the otbs 101 wfa cpr course those two weekends are still open for you to check out and get registered for we also really appreciate the fact that ic imagine has been a really solid partner for us in asheville for getting us a location indoors great and now with that trail so uh got to ride trail got to actually incorporate some of their like flat kind of um features into the course which was kind of nice so really a great venue for what we were doing for the otbs 101 courses yeah, and I took a, a pretty close look at it, Sean, as a potential event venue for us. Uh, and just to, to let folks know, we are we are looking for Western venues that came through loud and clear on the end of season survey. We're trying our best to cut travel time. I say with IC Imagine uh, specifically, it, it's going to be tight parking uh, to to get all of our folks in there until we reduce our event size. Uh, but yeah, taking a hard look at it, it was great to have Rob from IC Imagine out, out there and walk the grounds uh, with us. So really, really appreciate that. Uh, but again, we're we're taking a hard look, trying to get some Western venues for us out there. And I I think that's a good thing to sort of point out is, you know, I've seen a bunch of suggestions coming in for Western North Carolina venues, and the the essential issue with Western North Carolina trails is not the trails the trails are fantastic the trails are awesome it's in the north carolina scholastic cycling league hierarchy of needs it's parking is sort of the top priority and infield is the next and it's those things that are the difficult hurdles to cross with a lot of the venue suggestions that we get for western north carolina and we can't make many compromises in those things in order to make a great trail work is that a fair assessment would you say brian yeah particularly when it comes what, what i found is uh, having been out with the venue survey team several times now it's really the marriage of an appropriate trail system and an infield big enough for me to manage good starts and finishes into that trail system um, there are many places that you look that's a great nico loop but i can't get to it with a big group of riders in or out of that trail system that seems to be the challenge out west in addition to you're exactly right the parking uh, for all of us so it's a, the marriage of those three things which is sometimes the challenge the good news 
uh, well connected with a lot of trail advocacy organizations, uh, talking with, uh, even this week, some discussion with Chris Huggins up in Durham about a developing trail system in Durham County, who Durham doesn't really have decent trail systems around there. So, so things are developing. And I think the broader North Carolina community is getting this idea of this is a very good thing to invest in uh, some venues to encourage folks to get outside on their bikes. And so I, I have, I've got a sense that things are improving. Um, it's just going to take a little bit of time uh, for some of those to happen, but it's, in, it's an encouraging sign. And I think if, if we, if we think sort of long-term with Teen Trail Corps and the youth advocacy aspect of that. If your area maybe is starting to discuss building a trail or there is maybe some um, openness to a discussion like that, leveraging your team and those student athletes to take advantage of that Teen Trail Corps advocacy aspect and actually advocate for trails in your area to be built and then bring in the league staff to talk with municipalities about how we can bring an event there and what our requirements are and the economic impact that we have on the local area helps justify some of that financial outlay that these uh, municipalities or other organizations are going to have. So it's if if you plan correctly, you can really kind of make use of the league itself in order to get a local trail built. Um, and I think that is something that Shell, you would be more than happy for someone to contact you about um, how the student athletes can get appropriately involved and things like that. Definitely. All right. Well, Let's talk about handbook revisions, because that's the other thing we've been working on this summer, uh, changes to the handbook and the rules. And there's a there's a process to this. We, for the first time in league uh, history, we put out to all of the coaches, give us your suggestions of things that need to change. And so we put that out. We took those for about two months. I think we had that open until... Uh, the end of June. And then we spent July kind of working through those with the league rules committee and making suggestions that we then sent off uh, July 31st to NICA for their approval. Is that a fair assessment of the process that we put into place this year, Brian? Yeah, it is. And just really appreciate all, all the feedback uh, one through the form, but um, I've, I've always said, uh, Brian at North Carolina MTB.org. So, so, send me your ideas, send me your suggestions. I, I heard a lot of that throughout the season, as did you, Sean, on things we should do, uh, maybe to change the way we do business in North Carolina. And I uh, know we're about to talk through that. Uh, so, no, not a lot in those forms surprised us. We were well prepared for it. But yeah, we're, we're always willing to, to hear the feedback. And uh, Sean, thanks for pushing back to folks who submitted. Here's the response. Here, here's what we did. Uh, with that recommendation uh, one way or the other. So yeah, appreciate the feedback from everyone. We'll do our best to always give you the feedback on what we're doing with your league, as I like to describe it. Yes. And, you know, and, and to sort of get under the hood a little bit, like our league rules committee is five members. So it's five people from around the state that are kind of adding their experience and wisdom to things and looking at it from their perspective so that we can have a, a greater discussion about stuff and uh, modify, tweak, um, accept whatever it is that we need so that we can make the league better. And some of those things, so we've got some some pretty nice big changes that I think a lot of people will appreciate that we've, we've heard uh, throughout the seasons, um, different things. And the first one is uh category table changes. We're, we're really, I think streamlining some stuff and making it a bit more obvious what we're doing. So you want to talk about this, Brian? I, I do. Let, let me preface it back to process just so everyone's aware. Um, we have submitted these changes to NICA. Uh, so their rules committee will review. Amanda Carey, the president, will review. Uh, initial indications are 
Uh, everything we've submitted looks pretty good, likely to be approved. Uh, we will not see the official uh, approval of that in publication into the handbook uh, until December. That's just because that's the NICA cycle to do handbook changes, particularly for spring leagues. What we will do as a league is before we open registration for the season in October, we will publish on our website. Here is the Appendix B for North Carolina that we are using, including the category table. So everyone uh, can reference that and folks here uh, on the on the the cast coaches in particular know that category uh, petition table very important early in the season to know where athletes are initially placed and the like so we will uh, do our best to communicate uh, what these changes are in advance of of the season so that just want to preface that I, I would say as it relates to, to categories uh, Sean two two significant changes one is a change to the middle school a category so. Uh, in North Carolina, there will only be one middle school A category for both boys and girls. No change to girls. They've always had a middle school A category, but now we're going to combine middle school boys into one A category. So seventh and eighth grade A is just one category for boys. And this helped us with some of the feedback we got about that weird grade dynamic where you fleet up and you still want to race with your grade peers. And like, we'll just, we'll keep it all in an A category. If you're competing a little bit above your middle school peers, we'll put you in A and you kind of stay in A until you category uh, up and out of that. So I think that's one of the the big changes. Uh, The other is our high school categories is now all ability-based. So below varsity, varsity maintains, there will be three ability-based high school categories, one, two, and three. And you'll see it listed that way in the category table. And I think the the big intent there, Sean, uh, was really the idea of a brand new high school athlete, whether they're in 11th grade, 12th grade, we're going to give them a place to start and not throw them right into a multi-lap race right off the bat and still you can category petition that athlete shows some promise and some ability. Okay, let's fleet him or her up to a higher category. But initially, let's give high school student athletes the most appropriate uh, place to start. And again, we went through all the category petition pathways that will be published in that table. All the coaches can take a look at that. Um, it will it will be familiar to folks in terms of percentages of that previous category fleeting up any particular year. But th- I think those are the two big ones, Sean, but, but happy to get your reflections on it too for the category table. For yeah, and I, I think the one of the good things was that having that MSA category meant that we could have a way for sixth graders to petition up into a more competitive category than what they were typically doing. So we were the workaround that we've been doing was like sixth graders could petition into seven a, and then the next year they were having to petition to stay seven a instead of automatically cutting up to eight a. And, and this just simplifies that process. I think dramatically Uh, the other is, I don't know how many times we heard on coaches calls about the desire to have a, for lack of better way of of thinking about it, a one lap race for high school students that were brand new um, just trying to get into it. So I think this really helps a lot. Uh, And the, the nice thing is that, it just streamlines everything. And, and I, I like that we're decoupling from uh, kind of that the grade categories. Like originally we had freshmen and then JV one and JV two, like it was sort of a mess and this just makes it ability based and, and makes it a lot better. I think in my opinion, the other one um, that's kind of big that goes along with this is going to be the update to race points. And this is always something that we get lots of questions and feedback on and, and lots of different ideas. And, and those ideas are very, are varied and sometimes um, at odds with each other. And so we've tried to do our best to make this as equitable as possible. And so what we're doing is, that the MSA categories and the high school three category, they will get a 40 point bonus on top of the published points for places in the category tables. So if the winner were to get 
just off the top of my head, 150 points for the regular category, there's a 40 point addition to that, regardless of what place they get. So it's always a 40 point increase. And then the varsity category is going to have a 75 point bonus uh, on top of whatever the placing uh, points are. That is uh, the biggest kind of streamlined way of looking at it. Uh, The other uh, decision that's being formalized that wasn't written down, but that will be written down now is that a middle school athlete who is racing in a high school category does not score points for their middle school team for their team. So their, their, their individual performance is for them and they do great, but it does not go back to their team. So something to consider if you are looking at petitioning to have one of your middle school student athletes racing in a middle, in a high school category. Any thoughts on that one, Brian? I would just say that a table you described for the points will also be published in our appendix. So coaches can reference, they can look at the category, look at the points. It'll be clear uh, to everyone. All right. And a couple of uh, other big things. So we are eliminating bonus points for doing all the races of the season. And there's several reasons for that. Uh, One of them is equity we know that browns creek is a hall for some of our western north carolina uh teams and as we push towards western north carolina venues those are going to be a hall for uh some of our eastern teams like yours brian how how long of a drive is it from where you are to Asheville? Because I obey all local traffic regulations, including speed limits, uh, a good six and a half hours out to Asheville from uh, from here. So a bit of a trek, right? <laughs> a little, little bit of a haul. <laughs> uh, and the other one is that, and it's it's a rare occurrence, but you see it: a student athlete that is injured and unable to race, lining up for the start and starting, but pulling immediately off the course just so they get credit for starting the race so that they get those bonus points at the end of the season. That's something that has been a concern and that we want to be mindful of. And so eliminating bonus points just kind of takes both of those problems off the table and Um, makes it just a better experience for everybody. Uh, The other is the independent rider policy. And that's something that Brian, you came in and you had a, you had a unique perspective on this. And so I'll, I'll let you explain this because I really like what you've kind of developed in your first season as league director. Well, well th- thanks for that. I guess my unique perspective comes in two parts. And in, in the first is this whole discussion of putting the way North Carolina does business in writing in our appendix. And so the the league had a history of a, a, a policy by practice of not supporting independent riders or racers, which I agree with. Um, we do not want our student athletes, quote unquote, unsupported when they show up to our races. This is not the league where you just sign up for the race. You come in on the weekend, you do your thing and, and you go away. Uh, we're a youth development program. We want that student athlete to be supported by a structure uh, at our races. And uh, like we've talked before, Sean, for if, if we had independent riders, like I become their head coach on the weekend, right? Like I, I, we don't have the, the bandwidth per se. So I wanted to document that we, we don't do uh, independent riders, racers, but, uh, we do have those categories of interested student athletes that are outside, uh, a team's boundaries, so to speak, or the situation we had, I think a couple times last year, I'm in the school system, but I'm going to a charter school for a year outside the boundary, but, but I'm going to come back for high school. And the, the policy did not account for that. So, so that, so we're doing that. We're, we're going to account for that. We're going to say, okay, student athlete interested in being part of your team organization and, and the league, not part of the boundary. So bring that athlete onto the team. 
we're just going to, like we did last season, uh, count that athlete separately for scoring purposes, almost like they're going to that school they're they're at as, as a quote unquote team. So it's a bridging solution to hopefully maybe start a team at that school or location, get a new team up in the county, uh, vice the, you know, hey, your mom or dad has started a team to be part of this league, which uh, I think some people were kind of looking at and just didn't seem quite right. So, yeah, uh, we we tried it a couple times last season, Sean. I think it worked well. That's the feedback we got. So let's just write it down and establish that as a policy. So coaches, as it go in the season, know they have an athlete come their way. Yeah, we can make this work. And uh, so I think that's my perspective on it, Sean. Yeah, and I, 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 I feel like there were a couple of things. Like we were seeing with the independent rider policy like there's only really one independent rider that i'm aware of that actually after one year started a team like it was typically it was just kids looking to race another series and i think that really discounts the fact that nika is dramatically more than just showing up on a weekend to race and you know show up for your race and drive away i mean that's that's kind of what normal racing is about but it's so much more and so this sort of like pulls them in to that nika experience more the other is that uh it is very mindful of the nika handbook which has a lot of information in it about recruiting and uh how that's not something that we want to go down where we have teams sort of like vying for different riders trying to compete for this team level thing not that we think that that's something going on but it's just very mindful of that that you're not getting this person on your team and then they're scoring points for you like they're a part of your team for the nika experience and for all the things that teams do and then they're sort of separate so that it's encouraging them to stand up a team so that they can bring more kids from their school into the Micah experience. And I think it's a great bridge. Yep. That brings us to um, outside assistance, which is something that has been, um, again, one of those policy by practice. We have not assessed any outside assistance penalties for one lap races. And so now we're formalizing that, putting it in the handbook and just saying any one lap race, which is any of the uh, non middle school, a categories and the high school one category will not have an outside assistance penalty. And I, I like that. We, we want to encourage those student athletes to just go out, race, have a great time. If something happens, get them back on, on course as quickly as possible and the the time penalty they suffer from just having the mechanical issue is more than enough to take um to not throw another five minutes on top of them for getting outside assistance and then last but not least um got a couple of things that we're now formally putting in writing um the pet policy which we developed uh after an unfortunate incident and then the 100% call-ups that we do, which we've done for several seasons now, but if you notice, it was never written in the handbook. And uh, course length and difficulty, uh, those criteria are now being formalized and put into the handbook. Uh, any any thoughts or ideas on that one, Brian? No, just to reemphasize, uh, coaches will be able to see that on the website uh, before the season begins, just so they can reference what the changes are, uh, particularly the the category tables. And I'll just use that as a announcement I did want to make during the cast here. Uh, new website is coming. Uh, I am on the line with uh, NICA tomorrow, as a matter of fact, to do kind of the final review of our new uh, website, which is very mobile friendly you can actually see it on your uh phone or, or mobile device which is going to be huge i think not just see it you can punch you can, the physical buttons and they take you to the place they're supposed to <laughs> you can manipulate yeah absolutely and so i just this you know thinking back to last weekend it, it's awesome hanging out with our coaches is just super great right there's no monopoly on good ideas like you said sean and you know it, it's part of the reason i like doing the coach training is like i get you know a lot of good direct feedback well i got i got one complaint 
this past weekend from a coach. It was about the website. <laughs> he was it like, was I specifically just, about the mobile part. He was like, I can't do anything on the phone. We're like, just hold on, man. <laughs> that's right. So, yeah. So I, I, I beg everyone's forgiveness here. I have not been updating our current website very proactively just because I'm kind of waiting for the transition to not have to recreate everything. But give us a, a few more weeks. I think by the 1st of September, new website will be up and running. You can find information uh, there. So, yeah. Thanks, Sean. And, and that, to kind of piggyback off of that, like our coach support uh, training and our all of that we've done through TeamSnap registration, which is new for us now. And I've had a couple of people reach out to me and they're like, I just want to confirm that I'm registered. So here's what happens. Like TeamSnap, you register, it sends you a confirmation. You're confirmed. Like that is the gold standard. And then I communicate with you using the messaging function in TeamSnap because when you register, it adds you to a team specific to your event. You can see the event information, like the, the directions to where you're supposed to go, any notes that are there. Uh, and then I'm sending messages through TeamSnap, which appear in your inbox using the email address that you registered for. So it's all kind of like, in there, all good. And if you used the TeamSnap, if you use the email address for what you use with your regular TeamSnap, which I highly recommend and is also tied to your pit zone, then when you open your TeamSnap app, you'll see an additional team that you can access. And it's the team for the, for the event that you registered for. So Moving forward, we're going to be utilizing the registration in TeamSnap for as many things as we can outside of the registration in PitZone. And I don't know, it's working really well, Brian. What do you what do you think so far? Um, do you want to go back to Eventbrite? I, I like it simply because it's one less tab I have to have open on my browser for Eventbrite. I just have to have the TeamSnap open. And uh, we are going to invest in the TeamSnap website module. So our events will be embedded into our webpage. So I'm working that with TeamSnap the end of this month to get that embedded to our uh, website. So if you make a change, I make a change to an event for the league and TeamSnap, people can see that on the website. So I like the consolidation of the technology to streamline things for us and for our uh, our folks. And next steps uh, for the coming season are going to be, uh, I've already started the process of pulling all of the teams into the new season that we're, that we're creating in TeamSnap. So you will still have all of your stuff will look the same, but there will just be a new season of NCICL new teams and working on the rostering aspect of that, how we're going to be doing that, that sort of thing. But it'll be that similar experience. The one thing uh, that I, I ask is I will be creating all of the race events, adventure events, grit events, those sorts of things. And last year, people on their teams were creating the exact same thing. And so when I go in and look at TeamSnap from the league perspective, I would see like five or six of the exact same weekend. And it's kind of like, you know, it, 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 there's no real way for me to filter it out. So I will create all the races so that you will have the directions, the schedules, all that good stuff and be updating that. So you can just leave that as part of your team's calendar and, and be working on that. And that'll allow you to do attendance and all that sort of thing. But if you want to reach out to me, if there's something that you're not seeing or something that you want to see, like, let me know because it's hard sometimes for me to see it from both perspectives and that way I can make sure that everything is working, but I would really appreciate that so that we can really maximize our use of team snap for sure. And kind of rolling into that, we've got something coming up preseason wise. We've got several preseason things coming up. And the first one that we want to talk about is going to be league summit. So Brian, you've been working real hard on this one. And you got something kind of special to unveil. So um, super cool. Took the venue survey team out to the Whitewater Center in Charlotte. 
a couple weekends ago, uh, looking at it as a potential venue, and, and we can talk more about that, but uh, locked it in as our league summit location uh, to kick off the 2024 season. And that's that's the idea as we open registration October, bring coaches in, any coach can attend. We will keep that registration open uh, to talk about what's going on in North Carolina. I'll give a state of the league. I'll give a preview 2024. Hopefully by then I can get dates and locations for the season uh, nailed down, uh, talk about some of the things we're implementing for the season, uh, but really spend each morning, Saturday, Sunday, Sean, we're still working the the final details on the, the classes, so to speak, or the seminars, but really give some North Carolina specific training and or instruction uh, to our coaches. Uh, and then Saturday afternoon, the idea is to get out on those 30 miles of trails there at the Whitewater Center and have some group rides uh, together. And we've got a couple ideas in mind. Uh, I think we're talking on Sunday afternoon, leaving that relatively open for folks to enjoy the center, zip line, rock wall, get in the water, uh, but also a 201 clinic hosted by you, Sean, for some of our coaches who want some advanced skills. So putting the final details uh, together on it, uh, hopefully get that out by next week. And like you said, team snap registration, uh, super, super easy and good, but uh, should should be a good time for everyone to kick off the season for 2024. And, you know, something to be aware of is that this is a league summit, not a leader's summit. So if you're looking for the leader's summit for the level three coach license requirement, those are all online. And I've shared those out in the registration links. They're down at the bottom. There's a, a button. It's also on our website uh, that you can go to and, and check out. So the Leader Summit online held several times per year by NICA National. It's five sessions, five Zoom sessions uh, over successive nights or days, depending upon what schedule you choose. And then the League Summit is going to be good for CEUs, those continuing education units. And that's something that all level two and level three coaches need to be mindful of is their CEU requirements. Um, a league summit will definitely knock out some or most of your uh, CEU requirements, as well as some additional modules that are on uh, pit zone coach training site, uh, which one of them is for an adventure coach. Another one is the new grit module shell, um, which you brought to my attention at the first uh, training weekend. Um, that was unknown to me as well. So there's two there. Um, you can also take the level one and level two coach trainings again, if you uh, are not needing them and they will count towards your CEUs. So there's a lot of CEU opportunities in pit zone, but the league summit is where we really kind of pull out all the stops and do a lot of really cool things that are very North Carolina specific. The other preseason event, I'm going to turn this over to Shell now. You go and talk to us about preseason grit and adventure. So our first two preseason events will be grit events. Um, those will be open to all female student athletes and coaches. Um, the first one is going to be October 28th at Kiwi Park in Wilkesboro. Um, so that utilizes the Warrior Creek and Headwater Hubs trails um, and possibly some of the OVT trails as well. So that'll be some new territory for a lot of people, um, some really fun trails to check out. Um, then November 4th, we're going to be back at um, Meadock Mountain State Park in Hollister, North Carolina. Um, those Both of those events will be... Um, Lots of riding, um, games, probably, um, as Sean likes to put it, a very complicated sounding chaotic game um, that you will uh, figure out what we're doing once you start it. Um, but they're usually a lot of fun. Um, so if you've got um, some female student athletes and female coaches, definitely encourage them to come participate in those. I think they get more fun every year. Um they're a really good time and it's a really great opportunity to build some community um, beyond your own team. So definitely check those out. Um, and then new this season, we're going to have uh, two preseason adventure events. Those are going to be open to returning student athletes um, and they must attend with their team. Um, so I'll be sending out information to head coaches on how to sign up for those events. Um, the first one will be on November 18th at the Whitewater Center in Charlotte. 
And the second one will be um, December 2nd at Browns Creek in Elizabethtown. Um, I'm kind of excited about that one. I've never rode anything at Browns Creek other than the Nike race course. Um, and I hear there is a lot more trail there. And I know there's a lot of things that our student athletes um, really want to check out um, because I usually have to kick them off of it um, a couple times throughout the weekends when we're there. So great opportunity to come check out everything else um, out there at Browns Creek. So definitely look forward to a lot of fun there. There'll be a lot of riding, some games and activities going on. Um, Leonard, our new teen trail core coordinator, um, is talking about coming out to do a trail workshop with teams. So definitely some fun stuff to check out. To be fair to me, since you threw me under the bus. You are right. (laughs) You said, I'm going to tell you the rules of the game. They're going to sound really complicated. (laughs) And they totally sound really complicated. And then you said, but when you start to play, it'll all make sense. And that was true. But the rules were like, I was about to build a like nuclear powered submarine. And then what I ended up with was a little wooden boat that, that sailed. (laughs) So that's not me. Like, I just want to be clear. That was not me. Okay. Much like I said, the (laughs) events get more fun every year. Um, My games get more complicated every year, but they end up more and more fun. Um, Because I think Lake James was uh, proof of that. I don't think I've ever seen student athletes that uh, gung-ho about a scavenger hunt slash game that started with repeatedly riding up the hill. Um, but I've never seen that level of enthusiasm about hill repeats. It was space rocks and little astronauts and uh, space chick. Like Brian and I were space chickens, like attacking people. Like it was great. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right. Some other uh, regional events, Brian, that you wanted to highlight. Um, yeah, but before I go there, let, let me provide just a little bit of context and, and thanks to Shell and the Adventure Committee for thinking through a, a first for us adventure preseason uh, events that came through loud and clear in the end of season survey too. Our folks really like getting together and just riding and doing some different things on their mountain bike. Uh, so this is a good opportunity for us. Uh, thank you to the Whitewater Center, who's been very gracious to us to, to bring us in at, at a reasonable cost. And they they certainly understand the mission, outdoor enthusiasts, outdoor activities. They're, they're pretty excited to have us there. And, and you're right, Shell, uh, Cape Fear Sorba. Every time I go to Browns Creek, there's like a new section of trail built up there with some pretty uh, cool features. So I think our, our folks will will enjoy that. Uh, let, let me, um, you know, when, when life, life truth, maybe, or things, things to live by uh, the three magic questions I may, I may have shared with uh, both you, Sean and, and Shell, but let me share for everyone. Uh, what do you know? Who should know what you know? And have you told them? Uh, I asked that throughout the day, like in terms of good team communication and all that, but uh, let's, let's get, get the, the bad news out of the way just a little bit. I, I don't think we're going to be at dark mountain in 2024. Um, got the email today from the, the park service there, the, the Corps of engineers that they're doing work on the dam, uh, in the spring, uh, at an unspecified time and duration, which is really, really hard to plan around. So it, it's almost like Sean, we used our dark mountain credit in 2023 by, by doing it twice. So I just, as a way of reinforcing, like for that grid event, like some will get to see Wilkesboro perhaps in 2024, <laughs> season, but but maybe not the rest of us. And I just wanted to use that as a way to say we're working through season dates and locations. Like I said, the venue team is out. We're in contact with a lot of the venues looking for some new ones. Uh, my intent would be to announce that by the League Summit dates and locations so everyone uh, kind of has an idea, but just wanted to get that out there. Part of the complicating factor is Dark Mountain doesn't look like a go. For I, I think the email I saw was like work We'll start sometime in the next eight months and we'll take up to 380 days, uh, give or take. And tend to go <laughs> over, not under. Yeah, yeah. And and we'll probably take longer. So I, I have yet to see any construction project finish on time, like ever in, in my lifetime. So yeah, so uh with all that uncertainty, just not kind of counting on that as as one of our locations for 2024. 
But uh, yeah, so anyway, back back to the preseason, uh, there is uh, perhaps as, as we consider, I'm, I'm giving everyone a preview here at 2024, I think uh, will be a, a season of adventure for this league, you know, doing some adventure uh, activities. And there's probably uh, nothing more adventurous than driving all the way to Maryland uh, to participate in NICA's first ever regional event. And so I still owe some more details via website updates and uh, emails the head coaches on uh, the particulars for this regional event. Uh, it was recognized very early on that it is a difficult event for spring leagues. Most of the participants for this regional event are in the mid-Atlantic, the Maryland's, Delaware's and the like, pretty close to that location and just finishing up their fall season. So they're kind of in the groove uh, to do that regional event. but. Uh, I would like to provide it as an opportunity uh, for athletes to go participate in the first ever regional event. And it looks like it's going to be a pretty uh, fun time for the weekend. So 10 to 12 November. And the general idea is Friday is like an adventure day. There will be grid activities. There will be adventure rides. And those will be open to any uh, NICA athlete. And registration is through Bike Ridge. So there is no pit zone registration required to attend. You register through uh, Bike Ridge. And all the information available is on the landing page for the regional event as the best place to find the information. The second piece of that is a qualifying race series. Uh, that's run on Saturday. And that's where it gets interesting for spring leagues and not the best solution for spring leagues, to be quite honest. So only spring 2023, who is registered here in North Carolina are eligible to compete in that regional race. It's only high school. Uh, because of numbers, all female student athletes from high school categories are invited. Uh, all boy varsity are invited, but only the top 15 in all other high school categories from their respective leagues are invited. And that's a numbers thing. So that's part of my uh, drill for over the weekend, just going through our list from 2023, cutting down who's eligible. And, and fortunately, that is not graduated seniors. That's the other caveat to this. And that's why it's not ideal for a spring league. But again, it's an opportunity. Uh, I think everyone just needs to have in the mindset that, you know, this is not necessarily the supported league race you're used to if you do go to Maryland to participate. And I understand one of the things that we were gnawing on, Sean and Shell, is just that kind of inclusivity. It's a long drive for folks down here in North Carolina. It's not an opportunity for uh, that everyone can take advantage of dot, dot, dot. Uh, rewind the podcast, uh, 18 November and uh, 2 December are good adventure opportunities here in North Carolina to to participate. And that's really where our focus will be uh, for the fall. And uh, again, if anyone has any questions, uh, feel free to reach out to me about the regional event. Happy to field them right now, but we'll get some more info out by next week on how that's going to look for everyone. Excellent. All right. How about some, some season dates to remind people of what do we got coming up we got team and coach registration opening up on september 15th and we've got student athlete registration opening up october 15th uh but there's a little caveat with that one yeah so i i can only say for uh probably less than a month now like oh first time league director what do i know you know i can't can't, can't use that excuse anymore after uh, after September. So I was on the line yesterday with uh, Sarah from National Registration and Hike Up, our own registration managers, talking through the next season, how we get set up for that. Little did I know that most spring leagues open on 15 October. We would like to open on 1 October. So I just got to clarify that with NICA that they're good with 1 October. The reason we do that uh, a little bit earlier is so folks can register and, and come to those preseason events. And they have time time to do that. So more, more to follow on the opening of student athlete registration. Uh, we'll get that uh, hammered down by next month for sure. Awesome. Well, I think we've we've kind of busted through everything we needed to. Um, I think you know this past weekend was great. I got to Brian. I guess it's been a lot more time with you, like in person, than I have at all. So that was really awesome. Um, got to tell you about growing up in Fayetteville, uh, about how weird it was going to other places and asking people where all their pawn shops and used car lots were. Um, cause that was sort of the defining characteristic of my, my childhood. And, um, you know, just sharing those experiences, but I, I didn't share with you that, 
I grew up on a houseboat in the Cape Fear River. And um, it was sort of like a little houseboat community. And uh, rather than like having a high school girlfriend or anything like that, like I just dated the girl next door. Um, and, you know, just over time, we drifted apart. I, I could use that out here at Bristol, uh, Carolina, right? With with all the water, or because I'm right down the road from Jacksonville, North Carolina, outside Camp Lejeune, Fayetteville by the sea. For, <laughs> our military listeners probably appreciate that. Again, yeah, if you need something pond, Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking to pond something and buy a used car, like a military town is your variety vacation land. It really lots of things. Um, you know, easy financing, E3 and up, like I can tell you all the things, but yeah, growing up in Fable, a lot of fun. Um, so e- excellent. And I'll, I'm going to, I'll try and land this plane. I'm going to say, try and segue this somehow, <laughs> somehow, but it was a conversation we had and, and yeah, we, we got to spend some time with each other because it's a little, uh, I say less stressful than one of our weekends when all of us are just running, you know, place to place, the place across the venue to, to pull these things off. So a time to kind of. Uh, you know, get get to know one another is is awesome. But we were having the conversation about our first clinic of the season was uh, a little less attended than some of the others. It was, you know, half full. Why is that? Uh, and I think part of it is just like it, it's it, we're now in back to school season. Like I think people are still out and vacationing in a way, and just not not the time to to schedule in. And I know I'm sending two boys back to college here in the next week. Uh, daughter's going to school in, in two weeks. And so, you know, we're going through all the, you know, school supplies and lists or whatever. And uh, I had to ask, you know, kid, hey, what what do you think the 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 king of all school supplies is? I don't know. I know. A ruler. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Landed the plane, I think. Not well, maybe, but <laughs> let's see, Shell. Can you do better? Um, <laughs> I always am like I'm prepared this time, but I'm always like, oh, I gotta find a good one, and it's kind of lost on me while doing this that the point of dad jokes is that they are bad, and I just can't accept that. <laughs> so, but I was thinking about how I feel like I almost see you all more during the off season than I even do during the season, which is hard to comprehend. Um, but it's also been neat to see. Uh, I mean, Sean and I as kids have been pals since uh i showed up in north carolina when she was in fifth grade um but that all of our kids now um have become good friends and like that aspect of the community has been cool to watch um, unfold but our kids some of them had an eventful uh week at the beach together recently so i uh, found a, a beach joke for you um so why don't skeletons like summer skeletons I don't know. Because unlike our kids, they have no body to go to the beach with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I I think we got to end on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh Brian, just a FYI, it is dumping rain, so be prepared. <laughs> and bye. It's going to be a gully washer heading your way. <laughs> all right everybody thank you so much um we'll be seeing i'll be seeing you brian this weekend in Asheville. Uh, yeah more coach training in Asheville. i'll be out there and seeing all the coaches at otbs 101 all right have a good weekend